Welcome to the podcast. We do recover with Jared Miller, your host. And I'm Dr. Terry Sellers, your co-host. This is a podcast about recovery from addiction. We want to talk about what successful recovery can look like. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It is Friday morning, 10 o'clock. We are doing this a little early today. We usually come on air around 4 but me and the missus got some plans this afternoon, so we're jumping in, going to hit this topic, increase some awareness, spread some education around the topic of fentanyl. Before, though, you, you know I always got to like do that and then right come, come on back. So before that, you guys may notice today in the studio, I have guest co-host, Miss Cash Valley 2016. The People's Miss Utah 2016, Mandy Miller, to help me with this discussion. Hello. Thanks for coming on, babe. You're welcome. We don't have the Doc Terry Sellers, and there's a reason for that. First of all, he only comes down every other week usually. This weekend, it happens to fall on his 20 years clean. Yes. Now, a year ago, we did... He thought he had 20 years a year ago, <laughs> right? Like we promoted 20 years clean, Dr. Sellers. We did an episode where he talked about how he has been able to keep his clean time. Um, the day of the episode, he informs me it's 19 years. It may actually only be 19 years. He wasn't sure. <laughs> he wasn't sure. This year he is sure. He's hit 20. However, if you want to go back and listen to a pretty funny, very inspirational episode, Terry hits 19-ish is I believe the title of that one. I couldn't tell you the number. So that that would be a good one to go back in reference. And we just want to congratulate the dude. Yeah. So do me a favor. Find Terry, T-E-R-R-Y, Sellers, S-E-L-L-E-R-S, on social media. Reach out to the doc. Congratulate him on hitting 20 years clean. That's freaking fantastic. Can we get, a, yeah. let's get some applause. Yeah. Sweet. There it is. Yeah. So, um, my mind just went blank. Sponsors. Oh, think, hold on though. Think around numbers. Maybe I announced this last week. I'm so excited that we have over 20,000 downloads. Like we, you remember when we started this, babe, right? It it was a mic we bought on Amazon (laughs) in a buddy's, in the addict of a buddy's uh, business. So we've come a long ways and Mm. I'm just super grateful today a lot of gratitude. Who knew that people would be wanting to listen to this thing? It's pretty cool. All over the place. Yeah. There's only one state that we don't have downloads. Countries all over the world. Yeah. 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 So it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty grateful. Okay. Bam, bam, bam. New and goods. No. It, sponsorship mentions. Sponsorship. We can't forget the sponsors. Right? That's right. Okay. So episode 116, part one is brought to us by... High Desert Counseling. High Desert Counseling is a progressive substance abuse treatment facility with a practical approach. They offer day treatment, morning and evening IOP, continuation of care, and Prime for Life programs. Check out their website at highdesert.help or call them at 435-673-2899. Their facilities are located in St. George and Cedar City, Utah. I happen to work for High Desert Counseling. I feel like we take a different approach. A big push is to get people connected to the community. In other words, we don't want to hold you hostage to treatment. We try to get you set up with providers within the community for medical, for ongoing therapy. We call it the pretzel effect. Sober living that's independent of treatment and transitional housing. So a lot of cool stuff that we do here at High Desert Counseling. Love Mike. Love the team I work with. Uh, Yeah. We appreciate them sponsoring this podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part one is also brought to us by Rise Up Supplements. Rise Up Supplements is a nootropic supplement line aimed at optimizing brain function and supporting mental health. They have two powerful blends. Mindful Mood helps decrease anxiety and enhance mood. And Mind Shift helps increase focus and optimize brain function. Place your order at riseupsups.com and make sure put in podcast 20, podcast all caps, P-O-D-C-A-S-T 20 to get 20% off your 
Excuse me, 20% off your purchase. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, um, also follow them on social media. Yes, Facebook, Instagram, Rise Ups, at Rise Up Sups. At Rise Up Sups. That's right. That's the website. RiseUpSups.com. R I S E U P S U P S dot C O N. Yes. Okay, time for new and goods, babe. How are you doing over there? Doing great. Yeah? Thanks for asking. Is that yeah. water cold enough for you or so warm great. enough? It's You're the only perfect. person I know that likes warm water. It's because I have sensitive teeth. So cold <laughs> is just not fun. Um, okay. But yeah, new and good. So it's spring break this week from my work school, which is great. Um, having a little break from that. And then I just started going back to school and that started this week. So some fun stuff going on. It's kind of nice though, right? Because you're transitioning from like taking some time away from being a teacher mm -hmm. to yes. getting back into the routine of college. Yes. And it's intense. It's more intense than I anticipated, but it's been good so far. It's been really fun. I'm learning a lot. It's really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's talk about the shirt you got on. Yes. Let's see. What does it say? It says, wears black, loves dogs, avoids people. That totally defines you. It does. I like to say <laughs> I was Wednesday before it was cool, before the Netflix show came out. Before it was cool to be yeah. Wednesday? Yeah. At the Miller house, when it is laundry day, we have a pile of blacks <laughs> as high as the dresser, probably, because yeah. yeah. Mandy loves black. I do. I wear a lot. So I believe that. I subscribe to that. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What's new and good for you? New and good for me. Okay, I know that we've been announcing this. I'm super excited for this. Please go support both of these organizations. So the first one that we have on June 3rd is Talent in the Park. Let's have Sean pull up the little flyer here. So Talent in the Park is put on by the Shannon J Scholarship Organization. It's going to be June 3rd. The show actually starts, uh, ticket sales open at 11 o'clock. It's at the Ogden Amphitheater. I think tickets are like 20 bucks to get in, super affordable. They have a lot of different performers. Um, Dixon Hayes, is that Whitney? Lusk. Lusk, mm -hmm. yes. The featured artists, right, the co-headliners are going to be Chaz Smith, a.k.a. Kalichi, and Joe Nestor. So that's going to be June 3rd. Ticket sales start at 11. The show starts at noon. I will be emceeing that event. Super excited. This weekend, we're doing a chili and bingo fundraiser. Mm -hmm. That's part of why we're doing this at 10 a.m. instead of 4 o'clock. That's right. So if you're up in the Ogden area and you're getting this message, join us. Go to our podcast page. We do Recover with Jared Miller. There's actually a little flyer that we put out there for chili and bingo. Yes. I'm hoping to win something cool. I don't, me too. I just want to apologize ahead of time, future forgiveness, because I'm going to eat a lot of chili and you know what that means. Oh, yeah. I didn't <laughs> think of that. I'm hoping the chili isn't too spicy, but I feel like it definitely will be. Uh, <laughs> People like spicy chili. Yeah, it's true. They do. I've been told that's the second act. The second act of chili? The second act. <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. Gonna say, yeah, I don't do well with the second act of Taco Bell. I'm like, the second act. Oh, yeah, that's, good. that's, good. <laughs> that is. that's funny. So we also have, let me, I, I want to mention, you can buy tickets ahead of time for our second event, which is the next day. I will also be the MC at this event. It's put on by the sobriety foundation, which helps people get into sober living homes that can't afford it. If you, if you fall in that category, go to sobrietyfoundation.org and hit apply and you can fill out an application to get some funding to get in some sober living. Let me tell you about the event. It's called a recovery concert. It's coming to the Cox Performing Arts Building on the Utah Tech campus. Show starts at 7 o'clock June 4th, which is a Sunday. Hopefully you don't got too much going on that weekend. Uh, most people are pretty free on Sunday nights. You can actually scan the digital flyer and get tickets right from there. Just open up your the camera on your your cell phone scan the qr code you can buy tickets for that ahead of time if you're buying one ticket it's 30 30 dollars two tickets they're giving you a price break at 25 five or more they're giving you a big price break just 20 dollars that event is going to fill up quick we're already getting sales and we're months away yes so definitely recommend getting those tickets early again go to our facebook page scroll down through our posts that promo is on there get you some tickets um if you're interested in being a sponsor for either one of those events reach out through our facebook page cool that's new and good for me 
Awesome. I'm, you know me. I'm so excited for those things. I know. I they're going to be so fun. The talent in the park last year was awesome. One of my favorites was like the eagles that they brought. They're coming yeah. back. The eagles are coming back. Yeah. I'm super stoked. And like those kids doing karate on the lawn. Oh, they were the best. Breaking the boards. Yes. And like, how do you jump like five feet in the air and then kick know. a board in half? And they're so little. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> yeah. Lots of great stuff going on there. So that'll be super fun. And the recovery concert, that's a first as far as I know. Yeah, so that'll be the Sobriety Foundation really cool. has never done an event like this. Yeah, And most of their events are up in the Salt Lake City area. This is going to be in Southern Utah. Mm-hmm. We already have people from California, Nevada, Arizona that have reached out asking about tickets. So hopefully, again, I'm, I'm hoping that they listen to this and they can just know, scan the QR code, get your tickets. Yeah, get your friends together, get some tickets. Yes. Great. Boom. It's also the same weekend as the Aaron Navarro Memorial. So if you're coming down for that and you're going to play some softball, might as well stay an extra day and hit up the concert. That's right. Boom. Cool. So the topic today, well, are we ready? I think we're ready. Cool. The topic today, we have two news articles about fentanyl in Utah. Listen, I realize that fentanyl is kind of like, I don't want this to be a Debbie Downer. I I am, again, hoping to increase awareness around this topic and get some education on it. Sean Denovan, this was his experience. Well, I mean, I'm already thrown off because, what what is it called? Fentanyl. I thought it was fentanyl. Yeah, potato, tomato. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Just just making sure there. What was it? But but you, when you said you had to... Go ahead. Oh, my story. Yeah. yeah. So somehow it came up yesterday. I had to Google what fentanyl, al, fentanyl, fentanyl is. How did you hear about it? Like, why know. did it you just, have to Google it? It, it came, oh, no, 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 uh, a previous podcaster that I did yesterday, his son died of an overdose. Oh. I mentioned it. And so I Googled it just to figure out, I'm like, what exactly is it? And so it, I figured out it's it's heroin on steroids. Basically. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's it's getting put into a lot of the heroin it's getting put into a lot of the different illicit drugs, illegal drugs, basically, mm-hmm. to make them more addictive, to make it so you have to come back to get more because you go through a physical withdrawal. So anyway, yeah. they put fentanyl in they're everything, putting it in, everything? They're putting it in a yeah. lot of stuff. They're putting it in marijuana. They're putting it in, in methamphetamine. They're putting it in, in So is that because heroin? Is that, well, this is where I guess I'm getting confused because, you know, Normie here, where's my, where's my button with me? Um, so if you're putting it in weed... Yep. So is that to make the weed more addictive or make it better? Or, I mean, is it? It's basically just to get you to come back and buy more, like more more dependent on whatever substance you're using. Why don't you just, why don't they just do the fentanyl and not do the. They do actually in the the compressed pill. So we've talked about this. I want to reference, we did podcast episode 83, Fatal Fentanyl, which was a news article about an individual that thought that this college student thought he was buying what, like lower tab or Percocet. Yes. Uh, and it was a compressed uh, blue pill. We put it on our little promo. I don't know. It, they look like this, basically. They're like either blue or some kind of discolor. They have an M on one side and they say 30 on the other. And a lot of people mistake that for like a morphine 30 or a Percocet 30. And so they take the whole thing, not realizing it's fentanyl, and they end up dead, which is super scary, right? That's why it's becoming such a, a big crisis which we're going to jump into a couple news articles about that. Again, if you wanted to listen to that episode, it's episode 83, Fatal Fentanyl. We want to spread some education. So if you're naive to this, like like my man Sean Denovan over there, hopefully you listen to this and it increases some, some awareness. All right. Article number one. Article number one, the title of it is Fentanyl Has Flooded Into Southern Utah, Washington Reports. And when it says Washington Reports, it's referring to... The Washington Post. In? Washington, D.C. Which is crazy to me, right? Yes. yes. Because Utah we'll get into that. We'll, we'll, yeah, Utah hasn't reported on it, but Washington, D.C. did. Well, they did in this article, but it was, but it was after, after, right. after, which is super interesting. We're going to maybe talk a little bit more about that. It was, where am I at? The author of this one, which was done in the Salt Lake Tribune, was Colby Peterson. Okay. Operation Sour Cream, quote unquote investigated how Mexican cartels got the potent drug into St. George. Again, this was originally written by the Post, and this is just kind of a, I don't know, what do you want to call it? A retread or a a repurposed Uh, article of their article? Now, hang with me as I try to read this. 
As St. George has grown, so has the region's demand for synthetic drugs, according to a recent investigation by the Washington Post, which describes how methamphetamine and fentanyl are being supplied to the southern Utah city by Mexican drug cartels. The impact has been devastating. According to a statistic referenced by the Post, in Utah, fentanyl overdose deaths has increased 300% over three, year, over three recent years, killing 170 people in 2021. Wow. Yeah. According to the state health department. The newspaper detailed the drug trafficking investigation and the arrest of a 41-year-old man, and then it puts his name. We're going to omit the name. Uh, we care more about the story than, than the, in, the individual in the story. Brady Wilson, an agent with the Drug Enforcement Administration, had first launched the St. George investigation with other federal law enforcement officers based on a gut feeling, page turn, that the cartel was selling drugs in the city, the story states. Again, referencing back to the original story. In 2021, authorities traced a shipment of drugs from an individual who had been reported deported to Mexico years earlier, but returned to St. George. They learned that that individual was living in the suburb in a suburb of St. George. The first time agents purchased meth from him, <laughs> this is kind of funny, it arrived in a five-pound tub of sour cream, so they named the investigation Operation Sour Cream. The Washington Post report states... Very original. <laughs> the Post describes how in the 2010s, the closest drug cartel outpost to St. George, which is again in Utah, was in Las Vegas, Nevada, a big city, oh, right? Yeah. About a two hour drive away. But St. George's population, population growth spurted greater demand for drugs in the area. The post reported the story describes interstate 15, which passes through St. George and connects Los Angeles to much of the country as quote unquote, America's main fentanyl artery. Kind of makes sense, right? I-15 is a major interstate. Can we talk about, though, they talk about how Las Vegas was like the main port in 2000, in the 2010s. It's, right. It's the early 2020s. Like, <laughs> that's like a 10-year difference. Suddenly St. George is a, is a huge hotspot for it. That's crazy. Well, and for listeners that aren't, aren't familiar with this once was a small town, St. George, Utah, listen, we call it Heaven's Waiting Room. <laughs> Because we get a lot of snowbird, a lot of snowbirds yeah. that come down from Idaho, that come down from these... Northern Utah. Well, and even outside of Utah, right? Like Idaho, Wyoming, some of these neighboring states that get a lot of snow mm -hmm. because they don't want to do snow in the winter. I think that in combination of the California people that can sell their house in California used to be moved to Utah and basically pay cash for a house because of the difference in real estate. Yes. Those two combined in the last, yeah, 10, 13 years. St. George, Utah has been one of the fastest growing cities in the nation for like, like 10 years. Is it on Vegas level though? No, no, no. I mean, <laughs> we may have as many golf courses as Vegas has casinos, but That's outside of that. All right. I don't think it's on like a Vegas or a Salt Lake level. However, how much longer? Right. Because people are flooding this place. So good point. Good point. You don't have the little stop button like I have. I don't. I just had to <laughs> jump in. Okay. Where was I at? This individual and his colleagues would order drugs from Mexico, pick them up in California, distribute them in Southern Utah, and wire payments back to Mexico according to the court documents Referenced by the post. This individual was later taken into custody by the DEA and charged with conspiracy to distribute fentanyl and methamphetamines and conspiracy to launder money court documents show. He also was charged with unlawful re-entry into the United States. Page turn. In July... He pled guilty to trafficking fentanyl, methamphetamine, and marijuana, and laundering the proceeds. Bad dude. 
Definitely. Right. And, and we're going to get into this. The reason why we started with this article is because the following article has a whole lot of details and a whole lot of stuff that we really need to make points on. Yes. Now, we only have about five minutes, so I don't know if we're going to get to the second article, but thoughts on this one is this. I realize a lot of people want to, hmm, like the decriminalization is to take away kind of the stigma. Right. At the same time, I have some cognitive dissonance. I'm going to get geeky. Can we get geeky? Yeah, but can you explain? Okay, my means? cognitive dissonance is to basically have two opposing thoughts in your mind at the same time. And you can rationalize or justify both of them, right? Like, for instance, a person that smokes cigarettes can know that smoking cigarettes is bad for their health and at the same time rationalize or justify continuing to smoke cigarettes. Right. So that that is, yeah. Cognitive dissonance. My cognitive dissonance on this is, is this. Yes, I understand that we want to change the stigma. I understand that we want to make it where if individuals are sitting around and using illicit drugs, illegal drugs, and one person is overdosing, we encourage them, call 911, get emergency help, right? Carry yeah. Narcan. So those are valid points. Can I ask something really fast? Yeah. So you're talking about like um, getting rid of the stigma around it. It's for the user, right? We're right. Getting rid of the stigma for the user. Yes. Thank you. Not for necessarily decriminalizing the act of like selling the drugs or like distributing them. It's it's for the people who are actually just using it who maybe can't help it at that point because they're in full-blown addiction. Right, which brings me to like the the war on drugs. Mm -hmm. President Ronald Reagan in the 1970s declared... 80s. Eight, thank you. Thank you for keeping 80s. me straight here. Our fact checkers just, including Sean Denneman, throughout 80s, Jared. Okay, so Ronald Reagan in the 80s started the war on drugs, which basically... I feel like it was meant to... Because they didn't have the details, it was really meant to stop the production and distribution of illegal substances. The end result of that was the user oftentimes was the one that was incarcerated for long periods of time. Does that make sense? It does. I think it also maybe was to kind of shame people from tr even trying drugs, right? Because that was also, it led into the D.A.R.E. program, just say no, don't even try it once, right? So yeah. I think it kind of was meant to, yeah, you know, address the people who are selling it, distributing it, but also to to make people fearful of even trying it because then they could end up, you know, in jail or whatever. Right. It's It was a fear tactic. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I, it's tough because being a person in long-term recovery, like, yeah, it doesn't really make, it's tough to punish somebody who has a mental health diagnosis of substance use disorder because at some point, in, it, this is a disease of choice. Yes, they chose Sometimes they chose to use illegal substances. My story, I did, there wasn't like a conscious choice. I was prescribed by the doctor, and by the time I acknowledged that I was physically dependent, I was already physically dependent. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. So, so there's a, a lot of variety, and this is right like the, there's so many details, and so it's hard to draw a line in the sand on this. But we're really wanting to share this article to point out there are some individuals that are purely about the profit. Right. Those are the people that we want to go after. Those are the people that our article we're going to get to in a minute and a half is basically going after. Right. Should we read the topic? Should we read the title? Sure. So article number two, Utah bill targets drug dealers who cause fentanyl deaths by Mark Schenefeld. Mm-hmm. If I don't know, I just say it fast. It sounds right. Did it sound right? Okay, it perfect. Confident. So that kind of leads into article number two, which we're going to get into in the second part of this. Mm -hmm. Just know, right? Like we realize that there is the user, the one suffering, and then there's definitely people or organizations, in this case, the cartel, which it talked about in article one, who are profiteering off of people's misery, right. people's suffering. And so- in the next article, it's going to be interesting because... Well, it's hard. It's murky, right? Like, 
ideally, yeah, let's go after the cartel. Let's go get the people who are profiting. But problem is there's a border there. There is. And there's also all the people below that are involved that maybe are also in the wrong, but they maybe can't help it. It just it gets so murky. And we'll get into that with the next article, the yeah. murky waters. Yes, absolutely. Well, listen, it's been fun. Join us in part two. We're rolling into the second article. We will be back right after this short little 30-second sponsorship. What do you call it? Advertisement? Commercial? I don't know. We're out. You are listening to We Do Recover with Jared Miller and co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. We'll be right back after this short break with more of We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rice of Supplements, and the Hilton Garden Inn. High Desert Counseling is an adult outpatient substance abuse treatment facility. We offer multiple services including day treatment, morning and evening intensive outpatient services, continuing care, and Prime for Life. What makes us different is our emphasis on gathering all of the information before enrollment. We do this by offering a thorough evaluation by a credentialed professional. Once we have committed to you and you have committed to us, don't worry, insurance will not dictate your treatment. Lastly, the pretzel effect. We are a brief intervention where we connect our clients to community, mental health, and medical professionals to help maintain recovery for life after treatment. At High Desert Counseling, we strive to be the bridge from active addiction to recovery, community, and connection. We welcome you back to We Do Recover with Jared Miller, co-hosted by Dr. Terry Sellers. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. And now with part two of our podcast, Jared Miller and Dr. Terry Sellers. And Mandy Miller. Hi, guys. Welcome back. It's part two of episode 116. Um, part two is brought to us by the Hilton Garden Inn. It is always sunny and bright in, at the Hilton Garden Inn in St. George, Utah. If you're traveling here, give them a Google search. Um, they're really awesome. They've always been really great to us. Awesome staff. It's very clean. Um, the pool is great. We always talk about the pool and the hot tub because it's so nice, especially down here. So if you're coming here from anywhere, check out the Hilton Garden Inn, St. George, Utah. And who wouldn't want to come here? Exactly. Everybody's coming here. Oh, right now is the best time to be here. We got the snowbirds. We got the Californians. Yeah. Right? Like everybody's coming to St. George, Utah. If you don't know, ask somebody because it is beautiful here. It is. However, selfishly, it's getting too big. That's right. <laughs> you can visit, but then go home. Uh, referencing back <laughs> to our original uh, article, it is. It's growing. Yes. It has blown up in the last 10 years. Sean, how long have you been here for? Well, I tried leaving. Okay. But then I got suckered back in. So, actually, I technically moved here in 97. Is it a completely different, what oh, do you yeah, call it? Yeah. It's, well, it's, see, we've we've yeah. evolved from a town to a city. So, I moved here, went to school, left, married, divorced, came back. So, that was 2005. Actually, 2005 is when I've actually moved back here to St. George. So, oh, yeah, night and day. I drive around. That's new. That's new. That wasn't here. I used to live off of uh, Riverside yeah. where the uh, Maverick was. I remember when they put that Maverick in. I'm like, that's the stupidest idea ever. There's nothing out here. Why did they put a Maverick out here? In the There's middle no, of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Then they put the Mall Drive Bridge in, and then they put in the Smiths and the Lynns and everything uh, else. Now yeah. you can drive over the river, and there's everything. And I still can't afford housing. <laughs> I don't know that anyone can. Yeah, I was going to say. It's yeah, like I tell people. It's like I work in St. George, but I can't live in St. George. Uh -huh. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, for listeners outside of the state of Utah, thank you for listening. Stay and there. Hope <laughs> Check out Magna, Utah. It is an oasis. Ogden, Utah. West it's Valley. So beautiful. Ogden's not that bad. Come on, we're going to uh, Ogden this weekend. You can't bash Ogden. You can't the bash armpit. Ogden after we just got done saying go check out we're Town in the Park. We're going to go there. That doesn't mean it. That's so like seeing you want. Ogden's like the, the, the Elko of Utah. Uh. <laughs> Okay. They do great though. events, though. They do great events. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to. I'm the trying the to... events are fun. It's fun to go visit and then leave. Yeah. Listen, if we have listeners in Ogden, okay, there's two, we love motel, you. two motel sixes in uh, in Ogden. One off the freeway, one downtown. Don't stay at the one downtown. I made that mistake one time. That's fair. Good to know. That is fair, sir. You know what, though? To give Ogden some genuine credit, right? They have done a really good job of of like they have a really nice outdoor mall now. They have a really nice movie theater. They have like some cool stuff. They've definitely put in, 
some money back into downtown Ogden to clean it up and make it nice and make it so it's a more of a family experience and you can go and have a good time. They got the the gym right there. Used to be Gold's. I'm pretty sure it's Vasa now. And inside there, they have like indoor water surfing and and they have like rock climbing and some. They have so you can have a good time in Ogden, man. Okay, you can. <laughs> Power to my Ogden listeners. You know, I feel you guys. Jared, Jared, you're in recovery. You shouldn't be saying you can have a good time in Ogden. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) I've never used an Ogden, so I don't know anything about that, man. I've just done the surfing and the rock climbing and the Vasa. Surfing? Yeah, you can indoor surf. You can also indoor. It's almost like skydiving because they blow the air up. I do that. Yeah, and you're like floating around and you got to like balance yourself. They do, they, they have this machine where it just shoots water at you and you literally get on a, like a little mini surfboard. It's probably like a, what do they call that when you just run and throw it? Thank you. Oh yeah. It's probably more like a skim board and you like ride the waves and you can kind of carve in the water. It's, it's a blast. Matter of fact, you know what? We might do that this weekend, babe. And I might post some pictures to our podcast page. Let's do it. Because I want to show people that Ogden is rad. Okay. (laughs) I okay. love we'll I love my people. Point. I think I have a new PR campaign for Ogden. <laughs> Ogden is rad. Ogden is come rad. surf Ogden. Uh, okay. right, let me get my Photoshop skills going. Let's see if I can come up with something. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Please. There you go. Before we move on to the second article, squirrel. Let's get back on track. That's what we do in my group. That's the code word for when things start getting off topic. So that's how you say squirrel to me every time I get off topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so uh, when I when I sit circle with with my groups. Whenever we kind of get off topic, if one person says squirrel, it brings everybody back focus. So I just did it here. Squirrel. Okay. Before we get into the second article, we did say we were going to reference and roll back to the first article done by the Salt Lake Tribune was Mm -hmm. a rewrite of the Washington Post in Washington, D.C., which I find interesting. And maybe, maybe this is just like me in my own paranoia of like sometimes I feel like I love you Utah but sometimes I feel like we bury our head in the sand and we pretend like we don't have a problem right everything's perfect people don't like talking about this stuff right and it's like it's not going away no it's getting worse way worse yeah and so it's interesting to me and maybe this is just because in DC they see the statistics first but it's interesting that an outside entity wrote both of these articles that we're talking about today. Now, listen, originally wrote both. Mm -hmm. The second one we're going to jump into is by... The Daily Herald. The Daily Herald, which is not in Utah. So it's just interesting to me that the original source of both of this reporting was outside of Utah. Matter of fact, we were talking, Utah is in the top 10. Yes. Give me that statistic. I don't remember it. It's the top 10 um, states that abuse opioids, I think. For opioid abuse, yeah. which fentanyl is an opioid, the state of Utah is like number nine number right nine. now, according yeah. to November of the study in November mm-hmm. of 2022. Listen, Utah, it, it's not it's not going away. It's not. And I'm well, not trying to be a hater. I'm the not. Last, the last article even said it's up 300% since two th- in the last three years. Yeah. And that's and that St. George alone. Right. Imagine what Salt Lake and some of the bigger, you know, I reference the real cities, right? <laughs> um, yeah. It's, and again, I'm not trying to be rude or ignorant or hate on my hometown, my home state, but, but it is a little frustrating because I wish that we were a little bit more, there was more awareness. There was more conversation around it because I think with increased awareness, listen, behavior change comes down to three things. Number one, Here's the clinician in me. Number one, you have to be aware of it. You can't change something you're not aware of. Mm-hmm. So we can't bury our heads in the sand and act like this isn't happening. It, it is getting to the point where it's mind blowing how many people are dying. Yeah. Number two, you have to accept it. Utah, in the last five plus years, we've been in the top 10 out of 50 states, which means 41 of them are below us. Right. For opioid abuse. Abuse. Mm-hmm. We got to do something different, which brings us to number three. So number one, you got to be aware of it. Number two, you got to admit that it's a problem. It's a problem. Number three, we have to try something different, which rolls us into article number two. Yes. Bill SB 254. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Talk to me, babe. All right. Here we go. I'm going to read it. So Salt Lake City. 
A proposal to target drug dealers for fentanyl deaths cleared a Utah Senate hurdle on Tuesday. That was this is was written February 22nd, so this so was last very month. recent. Mm-hmm. This is maybe a little out of desperation to do something about the rise in deaths from fentanyl and other types of drugs, Senator Todd Wheeler, Republican Woods Cross, said of his Senate Bill 254, which would add drug-induced homicide to Utah's criminal code. A conviction... Did you say homicide? I did. Homicide. Homicide. Yeah, like Drug murder. Drug-induced homicide. Yes. Okay, I'm just trying to be dramatic. You, you nailed it. Did you like my sound effect? I did. All right. It let me know to, that you were going to say something. So a conviction on the second degree felony could result in imprisonment of five years to life. According to the Utah Department of Health. Imprisonment? <laughs> yes. Five years to life? To life. Okay, so it's a, it's a, it's a second degree felony. Yes. The bill proposes the individuals selling. Mm-hmm would be charged with a second-degree felony, mm-hmm. drug-induced homicide. The sentence to that is five to life. Yes. Okay. And just clarify something for me, if you know. Um, does the person have to have died who yes. took the drug? So that's where the homicide comes in, because the right. person took it and they died, and that's why the person selling it would get homicide. Okay. Correct. Thank you for clearing that up. I feel a little silly asking. Okay. You're welcome. Um, so according to the health department, of uh, the Utah Department of Health and Human Services, illegal drug makers are adding to the powerful synthetic fentanyl to other narcotic doses to produce a more intense but often deadlier high. About 60% of illegal fentanyl doses come in pill form, sometimes mislabeled as less powerful prescription narcotics. Naked grandma! Sorry, <laughs> wrong button. Wrong yeah, button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we talked about that. Yeah, that's we like what you We showed the little saying. picture of yes. the compressed pill. In, in episode 83, Fatal Fentanyl, we talk about how it's basically, Dr. Sellers does a great job of talking about how he compares it to a chocolate chip cookie. Yes. The pill is the chocolate chip cookie. The little fentanyl chemicals are the chocolate chips. Right. And you don't know how many chocolate chips are in that cookie. Right. You don't AKA know the size of the chocolate that chips. compressed pill. Yes. Right. Yeah. Which, may, which is a reason why people are, are dying is because they think, oh, I did a whole one yesterday. I can do a whole one today. Well, guess right. what? That whole one has twice as many chocolate chips in it. Right. Yeah. It's Russian roulette. It really is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Fentanyl overdose death numbers are really raging out of control. Wheeler told the Senate Judiciary Law Enforcement and Criminal Justice Committee, which voted two to one in favor of the bill. Mm. From 2019 to 2020, Utah fentanyl deaths more than doubled from 53 to 120, according to the state health agency. And we know 2021 was 173, I think your article said. 170. 170. So So it went from... It's increasing. 120 to 170. In... In a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Substance use disorder treatment practitioners and defense attorneys voiced strong objections to Wheeler's bill. Mm-hmm. Oh, turn to the page. In states that have adopted drug homicide laws, studies have shown no reduction in the proliferation of, illif- of illicit substances, says Evan Dunn, representing Utah Support Advocates for Recovery Awareness, USARA. Evan Dunn, great dude, works for USARA. I get it. You said a word that you're going to need to dumb down for me, babe. Proliferation. Yes. Prospiffiation (laughs) is what? Basically, what he's saying is there's no reduction in the large number of illicit substances, so illegal substances. There's no reduction. So other states have done this. Yes. If I'm following correctly, Mm -hmm. other states have adopted this bill, SB 254. Mm -hmm. And what he's saying, what Evan is saying from USARA is it hasn't shown that it slowed anything down or basically put a dent in right. the cells. Right. Okay. For years, state officials and addiction treatment nonprofits have had success in educating people to call 911 and administer the Narcan overdose reversal drug with no fear of prosecution, according to the advocates. But the homicide law would cause renewed fear of, this, of prosecution for people present when someone is overdosing. Those who testified Tuesday said... It won't bring people back, and it will undo the progress that we have made in Utah, and more people will die from overdose. Right. So in the first part of this episode, we talked about that. 
USARA does a great job. I'm, I'm a substance abuse counselor. USARA does a great job of coming in every so often and explaining and, and talking to people who are new in recovery about there's a thing called the Good Samaritan Law. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, if everybody in here in this podcast booth is using, and I love you, so I'm going to use Sean Denovan as an example. Wait, whoa, 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 <laughs> Sean Denovan overdoses. Most of the time, if they're like back in my day when we were, you know, when I was, when like possession was a felony, what that ended up doing is creating fear with people who were around other people that were overdosing because instead of calling emergency services, they were like either just bouncing and obviously that person didn't receive medical care and ended up dying or they would like load him in a car, drive to an ER, push him out the door and hope somebody found him in time to help save him. Yeah. Right. Like that's a realistic picture of what mm-hmm. it used to be. USARA does a great job of coming in, educating people on the good Samaritan law where if you do the right thing, even if you're high, even if you have drugs on you, you don't get arrested. You don't get in trouble for calling emergency services in that situation. Now, Again, the cognitive, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. um, dissonance is kicking in because in a perfect world, that's true. In my experience, we are still very far from that. Right. That is the reason why 170 people last year weren't using alone. Some of them probably might be, some of them absolutely were, Right. I would, I would dare say at least half of that 170 probably had somebody else around or present when they started to OD. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I get it, Usara. I get it, Evan. Like that is, that is the goal. Right. That's what we want. We don't necessarily want to punish the user. Mm-hmm. And this may strike even more fear in somebody reaching out and calling and trying to get help. My wonder is, does this trump that good Samaritan law? Because we already have that in place. So we're sending the same message, right? Like if somebody, if you're around somebody who's dying, you know, call, get them emergency services, save their life. Right. Does the good Samaritan law still apply? And if so, I might have some feelings about this bill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's continue. I'm sorry. Well, I do think it's interesting um, if, if you're with someone. So if you had given them whatever that that they were overdosing on, would that make you the dealer in that case? Like, and would you, like, even if there is a good Samaritan law, would you still get in trouble with this new bill? Great question. Murky water. Murky water. Murky water. Because oftentimes, and I get it, this is taboo. Uh, this is a podcast, a podcast about recovery from addiction. So we talk about these topics. Oftentimes there's trade involved in substance abuse. Right. Hey man, I need a ride. Well, cool. Give me a quarter of whatever you got. Or, or, you know, hey, sir, I'm dope sick. Uh, sexual favors are exchanged, not to get too graphic, right? But, but that happens. That's a right. thing. So in those situations, murky water. Right. Because was there a sell? Right. Does that, does that count as a sale or is that just... Great yeah, question. I don't know. Not everything is a cash product exchange. Right. And so that's where we get into the murky water. Yes. Great question. I do think um, the the main goal of this bill, I hope, um, is to reach those like upper, you know, I mean, obviously they're not going to be able to go after the cartel because that's such a huge organization. But if they could start chipping away at it, like I could the see. The 41-year-old man that right. we, you know, left his name out, mm-hmm. that individual, that type of individual that yes. is just profit driven. Right. That's what I hope if the bill passes, would go after. And I think that's the intent. I'd like to think that's the, their intent with this. But it does become murky for for everybody involved. Yeah. yeah. And create a lot of fear. And right. fear creates panic. And people do yeah. stupid stuff when they panic. Right. Right. And they, they leave. Did you know what's funny about that, though, is the Good Samaritan Law, from what I understand, is if somehow you can be traced back to the person that's overdosing and you left them and you didn't call, there's some consequences there. I'm not going to say what they are because I don't know off the top of my head, but there are absolutely some abandonment consequences, legal consequences. That's crazy. 
Okay, let's jump back in. Yes, ma'am. All right. You look so cute today. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> oh. I, so I didn't receive a compliment. Uh, he Sean, flashed you when he walked in. That's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't supposed to talk about that on air. <laughs> it's it's spring break. Yes, I, I thought you might I have some beads. Jared nipples That's Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, You need Mardi Gras. That passed. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. Squirrel. Mindy Vincent, director of the Utah Harm Reduction Coalition, said SB 254 and similar bills are rooted in misdirected emotion and do not deter use or distribution, but only drive people further underground. Mm. And Vin- that's the fear that we were talking about. Yes. I'm just over the little sound things. I'm just going to interrupt. <laughs> that's this, okay. Vincent said her sister died of overdose from a drug given to her by another sibling. A homicide law could have destroyed two lives in her family, not just one, she said. This is a sad story. It is a sad story. Let's get it. That was it. That was the story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So brother sold sister? Yeah. It said brother gave it, or a sibling. She just said sibling gave it to them. Either way, tragic. Very. And and I get it. What was her name? Uh, Mindy. Yeah, I get it, Mindy, right? Like, yeah. Again, murky. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. It is. Because not only would that affect, you know, she has a sibling that's passed, then another sibling would end up in prison, potentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mark? At the same time, oh my God, gosh, my cognitive dissonance is just, okay, I don't want to offend anybody, but at the same time, I mean, where do we draw the line? Right. Right? Because... It happened, you know, and and listen, fentanyl is becoming an epidemic. Like, you know, if you're using fentanyl that you're playing Russian roulette, I would almost argue that's passive suicidal ideation because you know, it can kill you, but you don't care, but you don't care. Right. Right. And I get it. I'm not trying to blame anybody. And I I feel empathy towards her sibling that, that either sold or gave at the same addicts, their frontal cortex isn't working. They're not making rational decisions. He would never do that if he was in a, in, well, I would like to believe he would never do that if he was in a clear headed state Right. at the same time. It's, it's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. It is. It's part of the problem. It, it, you know, now could she have gone and gotten it from somebody else? Probably would she have, I, I don't know. Yeah. But again, murky water. Right. And we've had this discussion many times, like holding people accountable when they are on a substance, how, how much do you hold it? Give them account. Like how much, how much do they, have we to be are going to make it through this article, but I'm glad you said that babe, because the other day on Facebook, a dude that was on here, LT, I hope to see him this weekend. Uh, he does recovering addict, check him out on Facebook. He posted like, you know, if, if you're a parent of a loved one who's struggling with addiction, do you give them tough love mm-hmm. or do you let them use in your house to have a safe environment? And I wrote and I said, neither, right? You give them information, education, unfortunately with most people in active addiction until the pain of active addiction is greater than the pain of recovery. You can't do anything, right? You're helpless. And so by creating enough pain for that active addiction, AKA stop enabling them, let them experience some, some hard things. That's when typically we see people cross over. That's when people say I've had enough. That's when people go, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I'm a slave. And they, they cognitively make that choice or they have some potential uh, nudge from the judge that helps them make that choice to change. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You're okay. That's great. So Mark Moffitt of the Utah Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers said the bill scope- Mark Moffitt. Moffat. <laughs> I don't know. It's Moffat, babe. I came off that. We we did I the, the. I didn't know. I googled it, but I don't know if that's right. Mr. Mofat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All due respect, sir. He's a lawyer, so he's got respect. Good for that guy. Said the bill scope is too broad. He said people could be swept up in this bill by trading drugs for rides or places to stay, like mm-hmm. what we mentioned. Mm-hmm. But prosecutors said the bill would give law enforcement tools, in the words of Kane County attorney Rob Van Dyke, to punish the most reckless drug dealers. Mm. Will Carlson of the Salt Salt Lake County District Attorney's Office said the bill is tailored to target only drug sales. So you get people who are profiting off of it. 
Which is kind of like the dude that we referred to in the first article. Yes. That's why we chose that. Right. And I think that's the people that, you know, should be, you know, held accountable. Correct. Well said. Wheeler later told the committee he is willing to tighten the definitions of those who could be charged with homicide. If the bill doesn't advance, I guess we can wait another year and see if the fentanyl problem solves itself, he said. Okay, Wheeler. Yeah, probably will. Little passive aggressive, sir. <laughs> but but okay. But okay. yeah, I mean, he made a point. I mean, and he's also open to the fact that there needs to, some of that murky water needs to be clarified. Yeah. As they say, the devil is in the details. Yep. You know, like, yeah, you do need to kind of iron down. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though, too. Here, here's another thought that I have. Is that the end of it? Almost. Go ahead. Let's okay. finish. Referring to situations like Vincent's family tragedy, so Mindy, Wheeler said, I think people that are handing out pills that could kill you ought to take notice. Mm. He added, I don't know what else to do. People are dying. It's a real thing. I don't know if the public understands how small of an amount of fentanyl can kill someone. Well said, Mr. Wheeler. Yeah. Well said. Wheeler with the passive aggressive. I love what, read that line again. Okay. I guess thing I I guess we can wait another year and see if the fentanyl problem solves itself. Oh, I'd so like good. I think he had something like that. So good, so sir. So good. Um okay, and again, I cognitive dissonance here. I can see both sides. Um yeah. My thought is this. If they iron out the details, if they roll this thing out, guess who doesn't read bills? Who? People using and people selling drugs. Oh. So part of that is to increase the awareness and Mm -hmm. increase the education around this. I hope that there are some people that are in active addiction that listen to this podcast that hope one day they can change their lives. And I hope that we can get those details and we can share those details We can continue to provide education and information until people want to make that change. Absolutely. This has been fun. Did you have fun? Yeah, I did. Did you? Where's Black? Loves dogs. Loves dogs. Oh, and Sir Sir Fogden. Sir Fogden. Sir, there it is. Sir Fogden. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today on We Do Recover with Jared Miller. Help us spread our message of hope. Like, comment, and share. If you have any topics or ideas for future shows, please share that on our Facebook page. That Facebook page is We Do Recover with Jared Miller. If you or a loved one needs help, please reach out to us. Again, thank you for listening. Brought to you by High Desert Counseling, Rise Up Supplements, and the St. George Hilton Garden Inn. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of its sponsors. This has been a production from... A podcast studio.